0: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org from Louisville Public Media.
1: I don't think you want to see this. I'm actually doing you a favor.
0: Consequence Podcast Network. I've never been this nervous
1: in my life.
0: And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network Thanks as always for making your way here and checking out the series Of course, you know what to do If you like what you see, what you hear, hit that subscribe button But at three new interviews every single week So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists And discover the new ones at uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts At NPR WFPK.org. YouTube for the video versions or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, recent episodes have included uh, my conversations with uh, Kara Jackson, the band Daughter. Uh, talked uh, about the movie Extraction 2 with De uh, Farahani and producer uh, Sam Hargrave. I've also had country star Carly Pierce on here. Uh, Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age. John Roberts, the voice of uh, Linda Belcher on Bob's Burgers. We had Dave Davies of The Kinks. Stone Gosset of Pearl Jam. And the band inhaler that's just a few of the recent episodes here on the uh, kyle Meredith with podcast that's me kyle Meredith. today my guest sd hyam we're going to be talking about soundtracking the uh, the new uh, Hulu and uh, Disney Plus series called A Small Light. In fact, she's the executive music producer. So we're going to get into her work as uh, as TV and film composer on projects like uh, Made and Cha-Cha Real Smooth and White Lotus, which she scored the second season for and even said she plans on being a part of future seasons uh, really in any way she can, even if they don't hire her. Uh, and we'll be talking about what makes A Small Light Such a a special series. Now, this is uh, the series that tells the story of Anne Frank, but from the uh, perspective of, uh, of Meep Geese. Uh, now, SD goes on to talk about bringing on Sharon Van Etten, Phoebe Bridgers, Angel Olsen, Kamazi Washington, among others, uh, to cover songs from the 40s as part of the soundtrack to A Small Light, and actually uh, her own sister, Danielle Haim, to cover uh, the song Till We Meet Again that uh, that uh, airs in the uh, the pilot episode. Uh, SD also lets us know, in fact, that Haim are back to work on writing their next album, and we'll have a song on the upcoming Barbie soundtrack, as well as uh the preparation and expectations for their upcoming opening slots on the Taylor Swift Eras tour. All that and more, we're talking about a small lights. It's Kyle Meredith with Esty Hyam.
1: Oh, what an amazing Prince poster.
0: It's actually uh the calendar from 2020 when I left my office and I just kind of left the calendar up. That's uh Ugh. it's my relic
1: what a good one
0: yeah no that's a, that, that is the thing it's like i I mean i could put up any other thing on this calendar but one it's kind of fun because that's when i finally did leave the office that year and just started working from home but two it's fucking prince so
1: so is that march 2020
0: no that was june I, I was able to stay around here a little bit longer because no one else was here and
1: oh, uh oh okay yeah
0: so it was uh but but at that point by the time june camp finally came around i was like what the fuck am i doing i'm just gonna stay at home <laughs> Like it, you know, because I think if because we some of us waited it out a little bit, like what's going on, you know?
1: I know that. I mean, it was such a confusing time. I mean, to be to be honest, June 2020 was when we released Women in Music Part Three, so I think that was also the time where everyone was like, "Okay, we're in it for the long haul." We thought this might be over by April. Not happening.
0: Not so much. Not I so know,
1: much. like, what a crazy time.
0: Oh man! Good morning.
1: Good morning. Top of the morning to you.
0: It's good to have you on here. I know we've done these phoners a few times over the years. And um God, I was actually thinking the first time we ever did an interview was it when you guys played Bonner the first time. So it's actually been a little bit of time here. Yeah.
1: going up on 10 years.
0: Look at that. Wow. And we both look exactly the same as we did 10 years ago. Actually,
1: I think we look better.
0: It's probably true.
1: It's probably better. I've only been getting better with age. That's what I, that's the story that I'm sticking to.
0: (laughs) That's a good story. Like, why would you stick with the other story? Like, fuck.
1: Yeah, that would be depressing. Jesus. (laughs) No, I'm just getting better. And I'm just getting started.
0: You know, that seems like a good point to get into this real interview here. Because (laughs) I think, I feel like that's... (laughs) Partly true. So I, I am. I'm just going to roll right into this because one of the things we're talking about today is you are the executive music producer on the soundtrack to A Small Lights, which is now out on uh, Hulu and Disney Plus. And uh, and this is like, I mean, you've carved out really a career for yourself uh, because this comes on the hill. Let's see. Stop me if uh, if I'm missing anything, but you scored Made Cha Cha real smooth. You're part of the Do Revenge music. You're so not invited to my bar, mit- bar mitzvah. Uh, you're the music consultant for White Lotus. Too. I mean, what's... This is this is really like your second career, your other career. Maybe it's your first career and Haim's your second career. What What's going on?
1: No, no. Haim will always be my first career. Um, Danielle and Alana would literally smother me <laughs> in my sleep if I didn't say that, first of all. <laughs> um, secondly, no, I think that, you know, I think this you know, being able to be a composer, I think it goes hand in hand with being a a touring musician and an artist. I think that like, I don't think it's like that big of a stretch. I think that, I think that a lot of musicians naively go into this thinking that it's going to be easy, (laughs) you know, like I'm a musician, I can write, I write music, I can do it for film. That's the part that I think is a misconception. But I think that You know, being a composer is so much fucking fun. You're basically, it's your job to service this magical thing that's on screen. And I feel lucky in a lot of respects, but mostly lucky that people trust me with their, basically their babies, like their films. And they trust me with it and trust that I'm going to, you know, service what's going on on screen but also to be additive you know what i mean
0: like i'm a soundtrack collector i don't want to use a term like i'm a soundtrack nut or something like that. but <laughs> just in the sense that like there's always been something about that right the meeting of, of music and movies uh and and i think i think a lot of people probably feel that way but they don't go far enough down the rabbit hole to understand why but But there is that part of the magic, like, as you're saying, to be part of that magic. It seems like uh, the cherry on top, if you could pull it off of of a successful career.
1: Yes, agreed. I mean, I, I think the times that I've cried the most have been really, really pivotal moments in movies. Because of the music, though, not just like there's this dramatic thing happening on screen, but it's not that usually the thing that tugs at my heartstrings. It's the music that's happening while the scene is, you know, going on. So to be a part of that too, and to be able to, you know, not in a, I mean, in a, in a weird way, I guess, composers are sort of manipulative because it's, it, but it's not also not our job to tell people how to feel. So it's, it's a it's, you have to find the right balance of like, I still want to be emotional, or I still want to be comical, or I still want to be, you know, dramatic, but I don't want to knock people over the head with it. So that was my, that's been my learning curve. Because I didn't, it's not like I, you know, people go to school for composing for years. And that's not lost on me. And speaking of being additive, I want to add to the art form. I don't want to take anything away from it at all. If I'm going to do this, I want to, you know, do the art form justice. And that's not lost on me. And I don't take that lightly. So yeah, I want to do a good job.
0: And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies p-r-o allergy.com that's a-s-t-e-p-r-o allergy.com astapro and go use as directed for relief of nasal congestion runny nose sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies welcome back it's kyle meredith with sd hyam i don't remember exactly how old you are i know we're close to the same age somehow but uh or one way or the other however the math works out but uh so i'm 41 like we grew up in the era of John Williams, when yep. we talk about you know music and movies, like like that's the bar, <laughs> like that's where it starts or you know, or ends or however you look at that. But like you when you get into this, obviously on one side of things, you are coming from you know uh, pop songwriting, uh, and I use pop in the very very broadest term. Like, what was that transition like for you? What was that learning curve for you?
1: I went into well the first thing that I ever um composed like wrote music for screen four was made like you mentioned and that was also like I I had like my initial conversations about that project in June of 2020 and such a pivotal time for both of us I have a friend who's a, a um a producer and he we, we'd been talking before the pandemic about um, this TV show called Messy. It, it, it wasn't called Messy in America. Um, it was called something else in America. But it was a TV show for Netflix that I was an uncredited music consultant for. That I just helped my friend kind of figure out how to tell the composer like the kind of music that he wanted for the show. And I was kind of like a composer whisperer for my friend. And I was telling my, my friend, Brett Headbloom, who was the producer on made kind of what I did. And Brett was like, Hey, can you do that for this TV show that I just did called made? I'll send you the pilot. Let me know what you think. Sends it to me. I give him notes. And then literally like within the hour of me giving the notes, he goes, what if you just were the, what if you just did the music? And I was like, I mean, <laughs> I've never done it before, Brettles. <laughs> like, yeah, but like, I I, I hope we're clear. Like, I've never composed for TV and film before. And he was like, you'll figure it out. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I will figure it out. You're so right. And I I met Christopher Stracy through um, Tobias Jessup Jr., kind of set up the bat signal because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do this by myself and Toby was basically like oh I have the guy for you his name is Christopher Stracy you guys are going to get on like a house on fire um and we did we had like our first like our first play date with Tobias like literally like the dad like overseeing to make sure everything was okay and we demoed the music for the pilot that day turned it in and then we got the job So my transition was basically blind faith. Um, I just, you know, I have this saying, um, people that say yes have adventures, people that say no play it safe, and people that say maybe spend their whole life saying maybe, think of Hamlet, to be or not to be. So, like, I tend to say yes, even when I don't necessarily know how I'm going to do it. But I just
0: right. do it. That's the way. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, if you're gonna have a career, that's the way.
1: Yeah, I think so. And it was the same thing with like White Lotus. Like I my friend was like, Do you wanna come to Sicily for a couple weeks and help with music, basically? And I was like, Yeah. I mean, it was a more complicated, it's a way more lengthy story, but that's basically what happened. And I said yes. And then I got to spend you know a bunch of time in italy on
0: set are you still a part of that uh, like do you move on to part three are you helping out there
1: i mean i will definitely be going this <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean i i was like i was talking to dave about it and i was like and you understand now that like every season from now on i will <laughs> be coming to visit like that's there's no two ways around that sure
0: <laughs> No, you, you've got the credentials now. That's uh, the the fob needs to still work forever yeah. whenever.
1: Got, sure, I've got some kind of like white lotus badge, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> so this all runs into a small lights, which yes. isn't just a project. This seems like more than just and and you know, no disrespect to any of the ones that you've been part of in the past, but but this, on top of it just being you know uh with a great company and you know it's going to be seen by a lot of people this heavy subject matter on top of this this is another telling of the Anne Frank story and everything that goes along with it where did this one come on uh, where did this one come from how did you sign on and 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 I guess what does it mean to be a part of it
1: well um I actually came onto the project um a little later than than normal than I probably normally would have um I I got a call from the producers and basically the second they told me that it was about Meep Geese, I was like, oh, I, I'm in, I'm in. I grew up kind of being obsessed with Anne Frank. Um, in a weird way, when I was a kid, I thought I was Anne Frank because in the book, she talks about kind of her, her window to the outside world were these church bells and um the house I grew up in was next to a church so I would hear the church bells and then like as a totally like psychotic eight-year-old I'd be like oh my god and Frank and I like (laughs) oh my god she hears church bells I hear church bells like (laughs) we have so much in common like okay that's all it takes when you're that young (laughs) yeah exactly I mean exactly I mean I had a very very vivid imagination and um so I'd read I'd read the book multiple times and I knew how integral Meep was to the story and talk about her window to the outside world. Meep was also her window to the outside world. And, you know, I, I loved the idea that the way into the story of Anne Frank was through Meep's eyes and on top of everything, I think it's such an important story to tell. So I jumped at the chance to, work on the project and essentially the brief was and this is also the reason I wanted to do it because because the brief was basically we're going to take classic songs classic pop songs really from the 30s and the 40s or around that era and we're going to get modern artists to cover them and that was it and the producers were like and you can have carte blanche you can do them however you want they were very again trusting with me which i very much appreciated. So, yeah, and then it was kind of off to the races. I'm really really lucky that everyone i asked to participate said yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that made my job that much easier. Um and i kind of put together this team of producers to also help me execute these songs because we didn't have that much time. So, a lot of the songs a lot of the artists were making these songs at the same time, so I I had the help of Zach Dawes, who has worked with Sharon Von Etten and uh, Angel Olsen, and also Lana Del Rey, and then Ethan Griska, who's also worked with King Princess and Remy Wolf, um, but and also Phoebe Bridgers, and so and then Rostam Botmonglish, who my, my sisters and I have worked with on our last two records. Love Rostam love rostown he's the best and um yeah so i decided that i i didn't want to the the example i've been giving is like i didn't want to do like a a four on the floor disco version of like boogie woogie bugle boy like i i i wasn't trying to like you know i don't know that that was just not my 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 mo i wanted to keep it really classic but with, with modern instruments and with a modern, you know, spin still, but just really beautiful vocal performances and having these artists' vocals be the thing that really shines. And again, I also chose artists that I knew could handle the material because the material is also not easy. And everyone that, signed on to do the project has an these incredible vocals and are so incredibly their their voices are also incredibly um i would i would say unique i mean i mean you you listen to like artists like ways blood you listen to natalie you listen to that version and it's heartbreaking like she's her voice is just out of this world
0: and we'll be right back right after this Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with SD Higham kind of doubling down on what you're saying. Like there is, there is a consistent mood with all of them. And, and that's, I don't know if it's surprising, but it's definitely noticeable as an album, you know, to say it in that way, like, uh, you know, just hearing, like you know, you have to know this music and, I don't know you're back. I know you, you, you grew up with these songs too. Like I, I I lived with my great grandma for a while. I knew my great, great grandma for a little while. Like, you know, they, they were young adults when this music, you know, so it was just all around and to hear how you kind of put your own spin. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but the, the mood on it is so beautiful. I mean, you're talking about the vocal performances and you're correct, but even musically speaking and just how this album works together, Like, I I just love the sound of it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely... I looked at it also like an album. I mean, that's probably the artist. The artist in me coming out. But also being cognizant of the mood of every... The end of every episode. And also trying, again, not to hit... People over the head with like either like this is sad, this is dramatic, (laughs)
0: right?
1: But also like because there there are elements of comedy in this in this show as well, which I also appreciated, you know. And there have been so many different iterations of uh, this story on screen, and I appreciated the fact that the producers, uh, you know, did have a bit of levity, even though it was a it's a complete it's a terrible heartbreaking story but like there were moments of comedy and there were you know tacit comedy and i i also wanted to have a little bit of that within the like the kamasi washington song like you know charlie parker and and bebop and you know it was it was as much as it was a really really intense dire scary time so much amazing lively music came out of it
0: when i saw that you had um that Sharon was doing. I don't want to set the world on fire. I thought, oh wait, are they going to do the spoken word on this? Because whoever lands that, and Michael Imperioli uh <laughs> I, I mean, mean, that was one yeah. of my. I mean, when we look back, especially at that decade, at that era, at that genre, you know, it, it, like that was when you got to the bridge. You did the speaky part, and it's one of the funniest parts of pop music I think that you know ever existed. and I don't know why I find it so funny, but it's still so funny to me. I'm I'm so happy that you incorporated that.
1: Oh yeah, I mean. I, again, I I had just come off of, I had just gone to, like, the the White Lotus premiere, and I was lucky enough to become friendly with Michael, and right when I heard that part, I was like, oh, like, that's a no-brainer, <laughs> like, the biggest no-brainer ever, and actually, I love spoken word parts, and so, like, I'm a huge huge boys to men fan
0: uh-huh right right they carried the tradition absolutely oh
1: yeah i love it i love baby it. I love everything it.
0: had to start of course baby baby you know. oh
1: yeah <laughs> i love it
0: so you know you've got the guest list sure but and these songs were there specific reasons why you chose these specific songs well
1: the the way that i went about it with the artists was i was Kind of going back and forth with them on song choice. I didn't want to necessarily be like the. I don't know. I'm I'm really into collaborating. I I like being able to. I mean, I do it in a thyme all the time. So that's really what I'm used to. So what I was doing was kind of sending songs back and forth with the artist and being like, well, what do you think about this one? Like we could do this artist. We could do that. What do you think about this song? Like, um, and that really also just came from me going back into my arsenal of, of knowledge when it came to these songs and like rediscovering songs and you know going down the rabbit hole of for different artists and, and and so it was very it was a really collaborative process i the only song that i was having trouble with was the pilot song that song was written in like 1912 it was actually written for world war one not world war Two. But it was technically still period and it and it like most songs from those that era, it had been covered in like the thirties and the forties, but it was originally it was written in nineteen twelve or nineteen thirteen and when I found that one, and again, I wasn't looking for it necessarily. I found the cover of it, and then I heard the original, I was like oh yeah this is this is the one and yeah tell me meet again was I, I was like this has to be the song for the opening
0: and it is it's, it's beautiful and it all works so beautifully
1: thank you yeah. i'm very proud of that one as well and the fact that my sister is the one singing it is also special for me
0: which you know might lead into the other parts what's what's next for hi because again 2020 so when a music part three i know you're out there touring right now i mean have you have you all been working on anything
1: yeah, I mean, we're always writing and we're always, you know, trying to stay creative. Um, we have a song coming out on the Barbie soundtrack. Um, that's and I believe that's coming out in a couple weeks. And then um, we go on tour with Taylor Swift, which is going to be so much fun. And then we have two shows at the Bellwether in uh july and then you know the rest of the year is hopefully going to be dedicated to you know making new music
0: but in the meantime so you you got that tour as you said and uh my wife just caught the one down in nashville that was a huge rain one of the huge rainstorms that phoebe was oh yeah
1: i mean that looked crazy i mean she she fucking killed it though
0: (laughs) what's the prep like i mean i mean you know it's it's an opening gig on one side of things sure but uh, is it different because it's
1: oh, it's fucking Taylor? Honestly, I'm just looking forward to seeing the show every night. <laughs> I I'm gonna play my ass off, uh, and then go to Craft Services, make a PB and J, and watch the show. <laughs> That's what I mean. I I we had the best time when we opened for her on the 1989 tour, and. We, you know, we jumped at the chance when she asked us if we wanted to do the ears tour. We jumped at it, and, you know, she's so much fun. She's literally just the best. Just such a fun human being who's always up for it and like works harder than anyone I know, but also just like loves to have fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, of course, I've just loved watching what she's done musically over the past few years and your all collaborations. Uh, especially on that last album was which one was a folklore evermore that you guys were on evermore yeah that was it and and then the song
1: where i get murdered
0: sure right exactly because if you're going to be in a taylor song you're going to get you're going to get murdered (laughs)
1: yeah i mean honestly i
0: don't know the basis of your friendship but i do love that that's part of it
1: well i think we just both are obsessed with true crime and so when she asked me if it was okay for me to be murdered in song honestly my answer was I will be so angry if you don't murder me in a song
0: <laughs> one of the great honors to be murdered in someone oh song yeah oh my that. god
1: oh my god <laughs> that was my highlight of that year honestly
0: well I look forward to all the you know photos of your all's nights on the town that always seem to erupt over the internet when that happens that's uh <laughs> the vicarious living we all do for your all's
1: <laughs> I love it
0: adventures <laughs> Um, well, let's see here, and, and I'm just trying to hit all the points while I've got you here. Um, licorice pizza. Also, I mean, Do you plan on doing more acting? Because now with with the scoring and and you know music producing as being such a big part of it, do you look for the acting gigs as well? Do you care about that part?
1: I would love to keep acting if the right part came along for sure. I mean, I I love acting and I love being on set. Um, and that experience was so beautiful you know to be able to be in a movie with my sisters and my parents and with paul i mean it was like it was almost overwhelming um but yeah i think if the right thing came along and someone wanted to put me in something yeah again you gotta say yes
0: yeah what do you think the right thing looks like what does that what does that mean in this context <laughs>
1: problem it's like that my first experience on him in a movie was with paul thomas anderson so (laughs) like i've sort of shot myself in the foot Uh um but i i mean if paul i mean i I say this to paul all the time like whenever you i'm here right um the right thing i think it would have to be it would have to be a really interesting script and and something that i don't know speaks to me in some way and uh, I think when I read it, I'll know.
0: Well, it'd be interesting to see, uh, of course, you know, the saying yes part, as you said, is the biggest jump of it. And uh, I don't know. I love why I followed your career anyway. So I would love to see it.
1: Oh, man. I mean, your mouth to God's ears. I would love it, too. I I think that, again, people that say yes have adventures. And I think that that's what this journey is about, right? Just having as many experiences as you possibly can while we are able to do so.
0: And I'll, I'll quickly, very shortly, brag. My son, in that context right there, starts an internship today on his very first movie set.
1: Amazing! And, uh,
0: yeah, and it and it was it was me saying, "There's an opportunity. You should, you know, do you want to do this?" And like, "Yes, of course. Yes, of course."
1: Oh you know, my but, god! Uh, uh, but he's yes. very excited
0: about that too. So yeah.
1: Shit, I would do that. <laughs> Intern on a movie set. That sounds like so much fun. It's a dream.
0: It's a dream, and he's only 15 he's almost 16 he's not it's oh still high God. school so yeah
1: yeah what a sweet baby that's so sweet oh <laughs> he's gonna have the best time
0: i think so i'm so excited for him and i'm excited for you all and, and i really mean that i'm not just trying to do use that as a seg um but uh i do love what you've done with the small light and and all the music that you've made so far on this side of it i selfishly cannot wait for another high on album
1: oh man I'm going to tell my sisters you said that. They're going to be very happy you said that. I can't wait for the next album, too. I'm like, let's fucking go. Let's
0: do it. Right on. Esti. thank you so much for, uh, yeah, taking the time. It's always fun to catch up.
1: Yeah, and I'll see you on the road, hopefully.
0: And my thanks to ST Hyam. the uh, soundtrack for A Small Light is out now. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Please do hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. Again, uh, you do that, I'll give you three brand new interviews every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover the new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify and Podchaser, NPR, wfbk.org, YouTube for the video versions. Or anywhere you get your podcast from, subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. After that, head over to wfpk.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's uh, it's song premieres. We have uh, lots of old favorites, Uh, of course, lots of music news and bonus interviews. In fact, a, a recent episode included the music of. Sonic Youth and Polaris, David Bowie, PJ Harvey, uh, Crowded House, Nico Case, The Pixies, Arlo Parks, Ziggy Marley, Erica Badu, Lady Blackbird, Girl House, My Morning Jacket, Radiohead, Genesis Wusu, and my interview with uh, A.C. Newman of The New Pornographers. It's just a recent episode. Uh, at uh, That you hear 6pm every weekday At wfpk.org Consequence has your music and film news Of course you can also catch me On the social media spots Twitter, Facebook, Instagram All three of them The address is at Kyle Meredith So I do hope you like and follow along That does it for another edition I'm Kyle Meredith I'll see you next time Consequence Podcast Network.
1: Very stoked about that. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on
0: WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org, from Louisville Public Media.